You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Born upon a dive for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies that actors were. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie and I am your host. I am excited to bring to you Emmy Award-winning documentary filmmaker Alex Stapleton, who is premiering her next project, God Save Texas, The Price of Oil. This is making its debut on HBO on February the 28th and will be streaming on Max on February 27th. The documentary, God Save Texas, The Price of Oil, it chronicles how the divisive but vital energy industry impacts the lives of many Houston residents, specifically black and disenfranchised communities, which includes Alex's family, who arrived in Texas in the 1830s as slaves and have stayed in the state for nearly 200 years. She is in the documentary, she directed it, and she is here to talk to us about it here on the Black Girl Nerds podcast. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode featuring documentary filmmaker Alex Stapleton to promote her film, God Save Texas, The Price of Oil, which is part of a three-part docuseries on HBO and Max. Well, Alex, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to Black Girl Nerds. I am speaking with Alex Stapleton. She is the director of this incredible documentary, which is a part of a three-part series. Uh, Her episode is called God Save Texas, The Price of Oil. And um, I, I just really appreciate the information that was provided because there's a lot of things that I learned. I mean, there's uh, broader information that we all know about uh, issues around oil, issues around uh, natural disasters that have happened in Texas um, and in black and brown communities. But you really dive deep into your hometown. And uh, we're going to talk about that here on the Black Girl Nerds podcast. So first of all, thank you so much for coming on our show to talk about this incredible film. Oh, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. So what inspired you to trace back to your childhood and tell the story of your upbringing in this project, God uh, Save Texas, The Price of Oil? Um, well, it didn't quite start out this way. Um, I So, you know, the whole series is, is loosely, it's inspired by a book uh, called God Save Texas written by uh, Lawrence Wright. And um, I got the call from another uh, amazing documentary um, uh, filmmaker Alex Gibney from his company and and Larry to to come meet um, to come on to this project. They knew that they wanted to bring on three Texas uh, Texas Texan filmmakers. Um, I was living in LA at the time. I had been gone for like over twenty years, so I wasn't even in the state. But um, I had grown, you know grown up in the state, and um, 
you know, in talking to Larry, you know, I told him that I was from Houston and he was like, that's great. I want to get into oil and energy. And I was like, amazing. And we started talking and I think Larry's idea initially was kind of really trying to explain to the American public the process of like how oil, like how it's extracted and, and, and the, the, you know, the way it makes its, its way to Houston and then, you know, either gets refined or, um, you know, shipped out um, to, to various places um, in the country and in the world. And um, so I was hearing all of that and I was like, that's really cool um, because I think people should know how it's, the sausage is made because it's something that we all depend upon. And especially in a debate about, you know, the, 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 the pros and cons of, of oil and gas, um, we should familiarize ourselves with like what the process is. And um, but as I was talking to him and I had come back home, you know, to, to, to take a bunch of meetings and the scout and, and whatnot, I, I really realized that, um, I don't know, it just kind of like dawned on me. I was like, wait a minute, I'm telling this big story about oil and gas. I'm from Houston. I'm seven generation Houstonian. And like, uh, what's like, what's my family's relationship to oil and gas? And, um, and that's kind of how the table started to turn. And I realized like, you know, it had been very recent that I had cousins that were, you know, around my age, um, maybe a little bit older, um, uh, but like around my age and, and younger that were kind yeah. of like first generation, um, uh, like refinery workers. You know, they had it had access to even like the blue collar jobs that exist in the industry. So I was like, wow, this is, we really have like a, it's kind of like an inverse situation. Like we don't really have well, you know, to the naked eye, we don't, we're not really a part of, of, of this, um, this economy. And so, uh, and, you know, and then as I started to get into it, I was like, wow, we're not really a part of the economy. However, we are getting a lot of the, you know, environmental uh, repercussions, you know, as a result of, of uh, industry. Is that a thing where in Texas, the the people that live there, the residents, that they have some sort of proximity or relationship with oil and gas, whether it's a family member that works for an oil and gas company or they know someone, whether it's a college roommate or something, that there's some sort of relationship there just by proximity of living in the state? I would say, yeah. I would say that like, it's, it's definitely most people that, you know, maybe not if you, you're a recent transplant to the city um, and you didn't come here uh, to work in industry, but um, you know, most people that have been here for a while um, have some, you know, either a relative or a friend or there's some, you know, first degree relationship with someone that works in oil and gas. I mean, the energy sector here is a massive employer, you know, to the city and to this region. Um, and so it's not uncommon at all. Um, uh, but, you know, that 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 kind of work ranges in so many different things because it's, you know, trucking um, to working in the refineries to, you know, more of the, the, the office jobs. Um, so, you know, growing up here, like a lot of the girls that I went to school with, their dads, you know, were execs, you know, at, at the major, um, uh, oil and gas corporations. I was a, a scholarship kid that went to a private school here, an all-girls school here. And I think like kind of observing that world in middle school and high school and then understanding, well, my family, like we're not, we don't have access to that. You know, I, I actually, 
I just had a, a memory that I was sharing with my mom the other day that my my grandmother and my aunt, my aunt Pookie, they they worked. Um, one of my cousins had like a janitorial company, but he clean, you know, for offices. And so I remember being really little with my cousins, like who are in the film, some of you know, which are who are in the film. Um, we would, you know, because my grandmother and my aunt, my great aunt, they cleaned like the oil and gas companies like Chevron and Exxon, they clean the companies at night. And so we would all, they would put us in the car and we would go and I would like do my homework and, you know, like in an office, you know, of some oil executive. And I remember like, sometimes you would see their families, you know, on their desk, like of their kids and, and wives and whatnot. And it was just always white people. And, and it's like, how crazy is that to like understand your role and place in this industry when you're like cleaning, you know, when, when your family's cleaning the buildings and, and these guys are, you know, on, on this, on this different level. So it's, it's like, it's so ingrained in the culture here. Um, but I, I really wanted to kind of press the brakes and, and, and pause and go, wait a minute, like, why are we kind of all, you know, what's happening and why are we kind of getting this, you know, the, the, the leftovers or the, you know, we're, we're not like sitting at the top and, and, you know, I had a, I think there's a great deal wrong with that. <clears throat> yeah. Why are we not reaping the benefits of the profits of wh what it is to create oil and gas and, and get that and in, in the very city and the very state that that's being produced in. Um, which is what you touch on in the in the documentary. And before we started recording, I had mentioned that I had watched this documentary with my mom, and it, it it's a very multi generational story. And um, I I was enlightened and I enjoyed it. She loved it as well. And there's so much history with the elders that you present in this uh, this film um, of them telling their stories in Pleasantville. Was it difficult to gather what parts to keep of their <laughs> stories and then what parts to edit out? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it, there's so much history, you know, and I have to like thank my mother for uh, working for, you know, almost 30 years at trying to piece together our stories, our, our family's story and lineage in this state. Um, before even like the internet was really a resource, you know, before uh, all these genealogy websites had started, my mom, you know, did it kind of started putting the pieces together in the like old fashioned way she would collect, you know, photographs and, and, um, and archival from all the elders in our family. And she's, a, you know, she was a photographer um, when I was growing up. And I think that she's just always had this special, um, like this, this, this thing inside of her that knows how special it is to be the gatekeeper of, of, you know, both archival and, and history. Um, and I, you know, again, remember being little and she would always go and photograph the elders of our family. And I would go with my tape recorder and go get them to share stories about growing up that I still have like those, those, those tapes. And like, that was something that I was like, oh, how do I put this in here? Like, these conversations with my great grandmother, who was, you know, one of the first families to 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 be to to move to Pleasantville. Um, so yeah, there just wasn't enough room for all of it. Um, and trying to figure out, you know, the 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 history, the 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 lineage, you know, stories to to trace and to follow um, was uh, difficult. But I wanted to um, 
you know, I, I, it was important for me to just show that we've always been in this state. You know, we were here, you know, the big myth that like, this wasn't just like this cow, all, all like white male cowboys that like founded Texas, you know, um, a big part of this, you know, honestly, the state's kind of uh, not so pleasant. I mean, like ugly history is that it was a slave state and it was a very, mm -hmm. you know, the, the settlers here, the white settlers, um, went to war to, to, with, you know, Mexico to, um, to keep, uh, you know, slavery going, um, so that they could continue to profit off of that labor. Um, and, and that's something that I didn't really understand the depths of that growing up in the school system here. Um, these are, you know, things that again, in making the film, I, it, yeah, it's about oil and gas on a certain level, but I think on the deeper level, it's about, um, you know, an, an erasure of a culture um, that's quite intentional, you know, in this state. And it continues to be like erased today, um, you know, by by some of our uh, government officials, including our governor. So, um, you know, I, I kind of wanted to, it was tricky, like saying a lot of things and then, you know, making something where historically I would go to try to pull archives or, or just data and information to back up certain points. And it's like, wow, there's not a lot written on the subject. You know, there's not a lot written about the history of, of black folks and, and the, you know, in the great oil boom, like, you know, when oil was found at the turn of the century, like, where were we? Um, because we were, we were, we were living in all these communities and we were here, but like where, what was our, um, connection, um, to, you know, spindle top. Right. Well, one of the things too, that was really compelling about this, this documentary is you don't just touch on oil and gas. You also touch on, um, environmental justice issues and natural disasters that happen in these black and brown communities. And the fact that environmental justice is not, um, or is rather, I should say a black and brown issue. Um, and, and I'm glad that your film emphasizes on that because as natural disasters occur, it further marginalizes our communities. Um, and we've seen the impact of what Hurricane Katrina has done, Hurricane Harvey, which your documentary touches on that. Um, why do you think that like in the grand scheme of things, when it comes to these, we're currently in a huge election cycle, why is it not seen more as a racial issue when we talk about environmental justice? That's a really good question. And, um, you know, I, I think that, again, I think it just goes back into this like erasure mindset. And, you know, um, hey, you know, we can just act like these communities don't really exist, you know, or it's so tiny. And so, or, you know, kind of, you know, I think most people, when, when we talk about fence line communities, um, and these communities of color, I feel like most people don't stop to think like, well, who was there first, you know, was it industry or was it the community? And that was, you know, something that I really wanted to share, like industry, you know, at, at its, what it is today is so, it's so massive and, um, it's, it's enormous and it, what, you know, every decade it gets bigger and bigger. Um, and these communities were created before industry's presence, you know, um, and uh, I think that that kind of gets your wheel spinning. Well, like, why, why should, you know, these communities and these people that work so hard to, to buy, you know, homes and to like, 
you know, get their piece of the American dream, which this country really loves to to push, you know, that, that, that agenda. Um, so now we're just telling them like, oh, well, you know, your house isn't worth anything anymore because it's right next to this place. Cause there's no zoning here. Um, and, uh, and so now, yeah, your family, you can stay there, but you know, you might, you and all of your family might have asthma and, you know, you might be, uh, you might get early onset, you know, cancer and all these things, but you know, whatever, that's fine. Um, and so I think that there's just, it's like a real callousness and, and, and disregard, you know, um, uh, by, um, you know, the people that are running the state and, and, and this area. So, um, hopefully, you know, this film, you know, creates somewhat of a conversation so that we can like figure out like, well, what do we do? You know, look, I, the, the film is oil and gas is, is, is very controversial. And um, I, I, I was trying to make the point that like my opinions aside about like what we should do with, how, with like how we make energy. The fact of the matter is, is that we all depend on it, you know, all of us. And until we figure out some other solution for like how we, how we, how we get by as a society and, and what energy source we use, this is a reality, you know, for, for, for millions of people that are living in communities like this um, and not just in Houston, like all along the Gulf coast. And so how do we, um, how do we bring in these communities to be a part of the solutions? And I think that there's, you know, because it, it, it tends to be um, black and Brown communities that, that are the most impacted. It's like, you're seeing that, you know, we're, our voices are not even allowed to be at the table when we're talking about this, you know, um, when we think about climate change and like all these, you know, things that we hear about on the national news, like, well, where's, where are the people like that are like, that are right here, like living it, you know what I mean? Um, and I, I think that, you know, it's, it's not just about the state of Texas, it's the country and our voices, you know, for the national, you know, conversation about this, as well as like a global conversation about it. You know, there are advocates and and amazing people um, that are doing so much work in these communities that are people of color. Um, but I just hope that we can amplify their their voice, you know, even even further because it's it's like it's an alarm, you know. Um, and what we can see with climate change and environmental issues is that, you know, you're, you're, you're not listening to people because it's environmental racism. However, you know, it, the problem just doesn't go away. It, it will continue to get bigger and there will be more people, you know, um, that will be impacted by this. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that you had mentioned um, about the callousness towards people of color, and that was part of your documentary that just infuriated me because I, I did not know that insurance companies could still deny people claims after a natural disaster. And, and that's something that is highlighted. And I, I was just like, how is that possible? Here you are, you're, you're paying your insurance bill, whether it's monthly, quarterly or yearly for your home, a natural disaster happens and they can still deny your claim. That's crazy to me. I, I mean, I, you know, I feel very ignorant to this, but I was just like that. That's just something that I didn't even know was possible or even legal. 
Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> this state prides itself on on being very, uh, you know, uh, get by with your bootstraps and like, you know, small government and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, this is, these are, this is what happens when you don't have any oversight, you know, um, um, and you and then the little oversight that you have, again, is disregarding, um, uh, you know, communities of color. And then um, there's also like an age, you know, problem with this too. A lot of, you know, Pleasantville is a neighborhood that is, um, you know, a very, it's an older community. And so there's older citizens there and they don't, you know, sometimes like they don't really understand like what, you know, what, what they're necessarily, um, what's necessarily going on after a disaster. It's very hard to like break down, um, like facts in this state, no matter where, like, like no matter where you're coming from, be it history or, you know, uh, benefits. Um, and it's, you know, it's a lot of people taking advantage of um, a lot of people that have put a lot of blood, sweat and tears and, and hard work into this state and a lot and, and money, you know, incomes and, and, and paying their bills and taxes, you know, and, um, and all for, for what, you know, to be told that like, you're gonna, you're, you know, we're sorry, you know, you just got to figure it out and you're on the street or, go, you know, it's just, it's, ins it's actually insane. It is insane. I'm like, what's yeah, the point of insurance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, it's it's very disheartening. I mean, there's there's or even if you want to get insurance, you know, there's areas in this town that are very susceptible to flooding, and um, and if you want to get flood insurance, um, it's you 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 may not even be able to afford it. So you kind of take, you know, a gamble. Um, I mean, that was even my case when I first moved here, like the flood insurance for my house, it was, I was like, are you serious? And so, you know, yeah. you kind of go without it and just, you know, cross your fingers and hope that nothing happens. Um, and no one should have to live like that, you know, um, at all. I, I completely agree that that's the same thing where I'm in Virginia. That's the same thing for us. It's, it's expensive. And you feel like it, sh it should come with the house. It should be something that should be an add-on, but it's like an optional thing. And yeah, it, it it's crazy. Um, also, one thing that really boggles my mind is how we can develop this advanced tech and AI and other industries, but we're still archaic when it comes to the fossil fuel industry. Mm -hmm. Do you think that capitalism and greed is ultimately what drives this business and just keeps oil and gas going is, instead of, you know, using more alternative energy to, you know, fuel our cars and our homes and things of that nature? That's an excellent question as well. And, and one that I would say in, yes, big picture, I think, you know, these corporations are um, making money, you know, a ton of money um, with the status quo. The, uh, the, the interesting th thing, though, that's happening um, is that alternative energy is also being developed in Houston, um, which most people wouldn't really think about. You know, I mean, um, uh, wind turbine, you know, turbines and, and, and wind ener energy was actually something that one of our Republican governors, Rick Perry, you know, put into to place in West Texas to create energy, which again, most people, you know, especially like living in California, people are like, what? Like, are you serious? Um, I think the, the, the quagmire 
is that when you have these corporations kind of in charge of the alternative energy and, you know, cause they have the, the funds to, um, to, uh, to develop, you know, and, and figure out like what these alternative uh, energy sources could be. It, it gets interesting because it's like, there's not, there's not really any transparency of understanding like what's going on behind closed doors. Um, and uh, I think like, are we going fast enough, you know? Um, and, and why should we, why should, why should it just be like the top oil and gas companies that are like the leaders in alternative energy, you know? Um, and I, I do agree with you a thousand percent that like with advancements in technology um, moving at such a rapid pace, like it, you know, I'm not a chemical engineer. I, I don't, I don't hold any degree or space in like understanding um, the business at, at that level, but um, it does seem like, we are like limping you know, with like it, it with, feels intentional it just feels, it feels like, very intentional yeah yeah, yeah. Like, and it's also you know i mean oil and gas is is a geopolitical issue too right like it's right also, it's not on foreign oil yeah. yeah yeah i mean it's it plugs into a lot that's at stake i mean you could even look at like the events of, of what's going on right now these horrible you know atrocities that are happening around the globe and and link it back to oil and gas, you know, um, and yes. and the need and the uh, you know the power um, uh, to to have these you know archaic like energy sources to kind of have also you know be globally dominant, you know, in the in the world. So it's very layered and very you know I, I think it's it's a really important topic that unfortunately when we talk about oil and gas in our in our culture and like on the news, I don't feel like people are breaking it down, you know, enough. Um, and, um, you know, in the film, that's kind of like going back to the beginning of this conversation, I think why Larry really wanted people to understand, you know, what is happening. Um, but at the same time, as a filmmaker, I was like, well, I think my contribution can just be like in the, in the here and now, this is what's happening, you know, to hopefully get people to to create some empathy about like what people are experiencing um, so that we can then elevate our level of conversation around, you know, the entire industry. Um, and this year is going to be really important. You know, I mean, I hope that this the series yeah. and, and film is is used to um, uh, for good. You know, we're coming upon some election cycles and I don't I think that like, it's just so binary in this country. It's like, oil, gas, good, you know, or, or, you know, or it's just like, we should, you know, like, let's just destroy it all like right now. And it's like, well, there's, there's idealism and then there's reality, you know, like, and, um, and these are really complicated conversations. My goal is like, my community should be sitting at the table and in, in those conversations, you know, we should be a part of those conversations. And, and, uh, as of right now, I, I I don't think that we are. You know, uh, I don't think we're sitting at the table where where it really matters. Well, my last question to you, Alex, is: What do you hope that viewers will gain by watching your documentary? You mentioned we're in an election cycle that you know obviously people need to be aware of these issues. But what what do you hope that you what do you want people to get out of watching this? Um, it, you know, it's kind of it's it's also a little bit layered. I would say that. Um, 
you know, I think we've talked a lot about the oil and gas kind of component to this and, and the industry component to it and, and what I hope people, you know, that they can put a face and a family, you know, that they can relate to, um, to, you know, this, this kind of environmental crisis that so many black and brown communities are facing living next door <laughs> to, to industry. And, you know, how can we talk about solutions? Like, hey, maybe we have zoning. Maybe we maybe we say it's against the law for to to, to store chemicals <laughs> in a massive you know container right next to a, you know a school or right next to a home like that's that's something that would be you know kind of interesting and 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 an awesome conversation to have. But I think the other part of it is I really hope that people I, I want to myth bust what it means to be Texan. You know. Um, we have uh, in this state, you know, one of the highest populations of Black uh, people in, you know, in the country. And I don't think that people think about that when they think about Texas. And um, and I, I also want people to know that we've been here for, for like hundreds of years. I mean, we've been here for a very long time. And, um, and this state isn't this state without you know, Black people and, um, and you know, the, the, the Black story. Um, and I think that for people outside of Texas, I really hope that um, the film kind of pushes back on like, oh, Texas, this lost cause, you know, like Texas, this this place that will never change. And, you know, like, why, why help them? And it's like, you know, there's a lot of us that don't agree with everything that is happening in this state um, and the erasure of, of cultures, um, the, you know, kind of, it's almost like a little, you know, we, we, the state is kind of living under, we kind of feel like a dictatorship, you know, people telling you what you can do with your bodies, what books you can read, what history is true versus not true. And it's, that's also insane. And my my warning, you know, to non-Texans and the reason I moved back home, you know, to kind of enlist in the, the fight is that how goes Texas is how goes the country. You know, all of this, you know, all of these issues that this film touches on and this series touches on to me is just, you know, an agenda that will be taken wider um, uh, if we don't do something to stop it. And so I, I really hope that people outside of Texas understand um you know like we're, we're american too and and we need you know we need people to 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 believe in this state and um and to not just uh to not just give up on us when they hear something on you know the nightly news about how how some new awful law that's been passed like well the way we we, we stop that is we come together and we've done that with other states um you know in past uh in the past and um I think that like if we have more conversations about the richness of the state and the complexities, but yet, you know, that there's a lot of people here that that want reform. Um, uh, and especially when it comes to oil and gas, like get it, get in the conversation and get in the fight. Well, the timing of the release of this is perfect, um, especially because of a huge election that's coming up and hopefully um, it'll galvanize and motivate people to go out and uh, vote with their voice um, after seeing your documentary. Thank you, Alex, so much for taking the time to talk to Black Girl Nerds. What an incredible conversation. And it was a pleasure speaking with you today about this really important film. And also not just, you know, the fact that it's a local issue to Texas, but this is a national and really international issue that we really need to be focusing on, you know, 
the fossil fuel industry and oil and gas and how it just impacts all of us as Americans. So thank you for bringing this story to light because we we really need to pay attention to these issues. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I just want to say like this is this is just one story. You know, this is just a very tiny like piece, <laughs> like a much right. bigger issue. And right. so I, I'm not solving anything necessarily <laughs> with this. But you're shedding you're but, shedding a light. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. doing a lot. That's doing yeah. a lot. So the for awareness sure. is important. So. For sure. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Okay. Take care. Okay. Bye. Have a great week. You too. Bye. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.